0: Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius podcast where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello listeners. I love talking marketing and today we're going to do just that with our guest Kevin Donlin. Kevin Donlin is one of those copywriters who probably gets about $60,000 and upwards for his copywriting and marketing consulting. So he's, he's the big deal. He knows what he's talking about. He's been doing this since 1994, probably about the first time. If you were around then and an adult, you were just hearing the word website and internet and going, what is that? Well, he's been around since then and he's been marketing and copywriting since then. He's sold, uh, I think he sold one of the very first ebooks online. He's been interviewed by ABC TV, Fox News, NBC News, CBS Radio. Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, Fortune, and so many others. Uh, He is quite the genius when it comes to marketing. And he's got this really cool subscription called Marketing Multipliers. And it's like this box that you get with all of these incredible marketing tools. And it's super inexpensive to get it free, actually, in the beginning. So you definitely want to listen to this episode and find out how you can get that. He's going to reveal about three to four or more tools that you can implement right away things like the paper email um, other things like tangible marketing which is what he practices which is really awesome and I think when you hear what it is you'll realize how it's actually worked on you so um really happy that you guys get to hear Kevin today. Um, I, I feel like you can never get enough marketing tools and the thing is is that some, sometimes we, we hear things, we put them to the side, we don't ever do them. I hope that you actually take these tools and, and use them in your in your marketing. I love the fact that Kevin is he consults on marketing. He's a copywriter and he also actually does this for his own brand. And that to me was like so great because I know that sometimes there's marketers out there that, uh, tell you how you should be doing something, but they're not actually doing it themselves. And you want to say, Hey, can, why don't you try it and see what it'll do for your business? So, uh, Kevin does that. And, um, He's also extremely generous, so if you listen through the episode, he's going to give uh, something to you for free. So listen to the episode, find out what you need to do to get that, and uh, take, some, take some notes on this. Get, get tangible with this. Get a pen and paper out, write it down, <laughs> and uh, use these tools. Enjoy the interview. Hello, Kevin, and thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Summer. I really look forward to this. It's going to be really good.
0: Yes, it is. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk some marketing, which you are an absolute
1: genius at. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to all of stop the... right there. I a genius no uh, hard worker. No, you, you know, are. I never I never quit. Yes, but... look,
0: I only have geniuses on this show, so you just are.
1: <laughs> all right, I'll I'll do the whole interview under protest. Right. I know what the title of the podcast
0: is, but thank you. Um. So let's talk about, I know you've been copywriting since 94. Is that right?
1: Yeah. In one form or another. Yeah. Uh, I've been selling with words since 1994. You're correct.
0: Well, I, I have I'm a copywriter myself, so I just super mm-hmm. geek out, geek out on it. I love words. I love talking to other copywriters because there's always something new that I can learn. Absolutely. But I'd love to hear how you got into that and who, what you were doing before you got into marketing and copywriting.
1: Super, so uh, my bio is pretty long and I'll (laughs) spare you, but before uh, getting into copywriting, I was a high school history teacher. I was a textbook writer. I was a bass player and a guitarist in a band in Detroit that you'll never hear of ever. <laughs> and um, I've What's traveled. What's the name? What's
0: the name? We gotta know the name.
1: <sighs> it's called the Hooler Poppers. Actually, our CD is on Amazon somewhere. It's it's named after a bass lure. Nice. We uh, yeah, long, back when I had hair in the '90s. And so <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of different jobs, and I think it's really helped me to understand people. That's probably um, if I have one trait, I think I'm pretty empathetic. I can understand what people are saying and then I try to understand what they're not saying and get a whole picture so that's been really helpful for me just doing lots of things and lots of travel and so in 1994 I was living in Minneapolis originally from Michigan um, came here because of the job market there are Michigan. My dad worked for GM for 37 years. And so early on, I decided I'm not working for anybody ever because he just never liked his job. And you're really um, beholden to the man, you know, if you're an employee. So I was always going to be an entrepreneur. And in 94, I got a, um, a sales letter from a guy by the name of Jay Abraham, yeah. <laughs> who's been my number one marketing mentor ever since. And it was selling his Printed newsletter that he used to have back in the 90s and I just thought this is the greatest thing I've ever read It was just the most genius if you want to say genius that Jay Abraham qualifies. Yes, so I just I didn't have a lot of money I was um, Working a temp job in 94, but I thought I've got to subscribe to this I think it was 195 dollars a year, which was a huge amount of money to me back then So I started reading anything and everything I could find by Jay which led me to Dan Kennedy, which led me to Gary Halbert, which led me back to John Caples, um, all the way back, you know, Claude Hopkins. So I've, I've starting with Jay, I've gone backwards and forwards, and just I, I geek out on copywriting just like you. And to me, it's, um, it's alchemy. It's making value out of nothing. nothing being, you know, digital words on on a screen or or words on paper nothing is is not quite accurate but you're creating value pretty much out of thin air if you get the words right um magic can happen so i just thought this is just the coolest job ever so i decided early on uh, after getting exposed to jay that i was going to become a copywriter and um that probably was in around the spring or summer of 94 and by the fall I had gotten interested in this thing called the internet. Um, (laughs) I had an account with America Online, like most of America. I don't know if you remember, but everyone in America got about 10 uh, floppy disks in the mail. No, they were hard disks, but America Online just carpet bombed the whole country. And so we were all on America Online. could have been CompuServe. I was on them too. But uh, I found this thing called Usenet, which was a precursor of the web. I was also doing uh, FTP and Gopher. This won't make any sense to a lot of people. You can Google them. But uh, long story short, I decided, well, if copywriting is selling with words and the Internet's just full of words, this was pre-web. This was, it was mostly just words. So I started hanging out in these news groups and um, came up with this special report I titled How to Find a Job on the Internet. And I simply did it by researching all the job uh, postings that were online and putting together, I think it was 10, 20 ways to find a job on the Internet. And it, it, the information was good. And um, I sold it on Usenet, and my price was $10. And I guess it was an ebook because you because first you had, you had to mail me a check to my post office box. <laughs> and you had to write your email address on the memo line. So every couple of days I would go down and get the checks. And email the text file to people who had paid me the huge exorbitant amount of $10 each made a few hundred <laughs> bucks it was beer money but this was e-commerce in the fall of 1994 and so I guess I sold one of the first ebooks online I don't know for sure but I just uh, blundered into things so I've been very much kind of a Forrest Gump of online marketing I've just blundered into some cool opportunities um, after that, I got hired by uh, a marketing communications firm here in the Twin Cities. This was early 95. I think largely because I had this weird thing on my resume. It was an email address. And they were they kept remarking about this thing. Um, <laughs> an email address. So you've got email. Yeah, I've got email. And, um, you know, it was just the funniest thing. So I got hired for that. And then their biggest client was called uh, FedEx, Federal Express. And they had this thing called a website. This was now spring of 95 and they were getting emails from from customers. And basically the emails were all a variation on the same question, where's my frickin' package? And um, they were answering these emails and they were also answering other questions. But um, it was starting to become too much work for FedEx, and they were looking to outsource it to, to us because we did. I was also writing uh, leave-behinds and brochures and other copy for them for their sales force. So I was doing copywriting then. And they said, well, we hired Kevin. He had an email address. He must know everything about the Internet. Let's get Kevin. So, I was, so this is a tip. If you're still working for someone else, just say yes to everything, right. and you can create your <laughs> own opportunities. And so no one wanted to go within 10 miles of this project except dumb Kevin. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. What is it? Yeah, I said yes first, and then what is it? You know, that was typical of how I did things. And so, uh, my client at FedEx, his name was Robert Hamilton. He was—he's another genius. He's the guy who took the internal tracking system at FedEx. The whole thing had been on an intranet for for a while. So internal employees, when you called FedEx, they would track your package using their intranet. It was an internal website. And Robert said, well, what if we turn this loose on the world? And put it on the internet so that anyone can see it. And basically people say, that's a stupid idea. No one's <laughs> going to want to track their package. They're going to want to call. Everyone calls. And he said, let's try it. So bam, suddenly everyone was visiting. You know, there probably were like a dozen websites, you know, in, in 1995 in the early beginnings, yeah. um, six or 12, you know, whatever, of, of, of any renown. And FedEx.com was one of them. And so people were hitting this website, asking questions. And so I started Um, answering the questions for for FedEx. So my title was webmaster for FedEx.com. And then um, I quickly got a handle on, you know, questions people had. So I would call Robert and and my other clients down in in Memphis and say, um, you know, we should have a web page that does this and we should have a web page that does that. And so we we went back and forth and I would occasionally dictate web page copy over the phone. So there was no, um, there was no WordPress, there was no, Program you had to code a page using you know uh, WordPad or notepad and I had learned to code Websites uh, and web pages, so I was kind of present at the birth of e-commerce I tell people I was sort of like a, a mechanic for the Wright brothers. Yeah, so yeah And it was called electronic commerce marketing in 1995 before people got smart and just said e-commerce But it was fantastic. We were making it up as we went along and uh by the end of two years i'd been doing the project two years we went from like five emails a today to about 500 a day and i had two full-time employees working under me doing nothing but answer emails for fedex and at that point i left in 1998 and went out on my own and i can keep going but that's how i got to working for myself pretty much full-time starting in
0: 1998. wow it's so crazy to because when you think about it it's not that long ago that we were there, yeah.
1: yeah. You know, it's about 19 years. It's a it's a lifetime ago. Yeah. In terms of what's available and what's 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 doable, but I, the constant for me is words that sell, words that persuade, and so that's always what I've been doing. And uh, now, of course, I do direct mail and a lot of online marketing. But uh, yeah, that's how it started for me was this thing called the internet in 1995, and it's just
0: been a terrific ride. So you mentioned something um, important earlier. At the beginning about empathy and Mm -hmm. I'd love to for you to elaborate on that and why it's so important in marketing and in you know with your words and being persuasive with your words
1: so anytime a promotion fails it's well there are a lot of reasons you do a postmortem a lot of times you have the wrong list you're promoting the wrong thing to the wrong people Uh, or your offer is bad you're trying to sell you know Parkas on a beach in Hawaii, that's a bad offer. But in many cases, it's you're writing and you're speaking a language that doesn't make any sense, it does not connect with the audience. And so, as much as anything, when I'm researching um, to create a new promotion, I want to get inside the heads and the hearts of the people who are going to be potentially buying this thing. And so empathy is just a huge thing you know the ability to connect with the other person's emotions because it's all about emotions i think you know this as a marketer people buy based on emotion and then they justify later with logic and so the the most valuable research i do before doing a promotion is to read the mag go to the bookstore and i grab a half dozen a dozen magazines that are read by the audience uh, case in point, I'm doing some um, work this week for a company that does training uh, seminars for truckers and, and and logistics. And so I'm very deep into learning all about trucking and logistics, relearning it actually. I learned a lot of logistics working at FedEx. But you want to really get inside the hearts and minds of the people who are going to buy your stuff. And one of the things that I use as a shortcut, and we can talk about it later, it's a, it's one of my marketing multipliers. It's a It's a little tool that can deliver big results for you. I call it the Amazon focus group. And one of the things I use Amazon for is to read book reviews. Um, No matter what you're selling, there's a a book about it, probably dozens. And what you want to do, if you really want to get up to speed on what a market is thinking and what their hot buttons are, their emotional hot buttons, is to go read the book reviews and find out what people like about a particular book and also what they hate about it Mm -hmm. and that'll tell you what they want to trade their money for and what they don't want to trade their money for that's uh, there are a couple ways to use Amazon that's one way to make it your personal research group the other thing is to find blogs written about your topic and you want to read the blog articles but you want to go deeper you want to read the comments on the articles and whenever you can read an article that's got like a hundred comments you know sports stories are great for this I'm a Detroit Tigers fan and right now, as we're speaking today, everyone wants to execute the Tigers manager because he's got a closer who can't win games. <laughs> and if you read the comments in the, in the latest Tigers loss yesterday, everyone, wants, everyone thinks they're smarter than the manager, and they're all things like, he's stupid. Anyone off the street could manage this team. I could close better than Rodriguez. And so if you wanted to write a promotion at Tigers fans and you were going to send it you know, this week, you'd want to use language like, you know anyone off the street could manage better than and I could close better than Rodriguez. So you find the jewels in the comments on blog posts, because those are written by real people, who are really emotional about a topic no one posts a, a comment on a blog article unless they're feeling kind of emotionally charged up about it if an article leaves you cold you leave the web page. but if you're really emotionally invested in an article then you post a comment so comments are a little gold mine and i've written promotions some of my biggest winners um, came with ideas i pulled off of comments from blog postings and that's just a quick shortcut way to empathize with your audience and really figure out what they're thinking and what, what their emotional hot buttons are.
0: That is such great advice and you really get their language
1: too. Because
0: exactly a lot of time,
1: what, yeah. yeah. I will actually create a text file and copy and paste. You know, it's, it's voluminous by the end of it after a half hour. right? And it's simply a matter of, you know, let, let the market write your sales promotion. That's my favorite way is to let someone else Right, a a quick story. I wrote an email promotion about six years ago for brides, new brides, twenty-four year old women. And at the time, I was about—I would have been forty-five—and I'm not a woman. And you know, I was married, a dad. And what am I going to say to these (laughs) women that's going to make them pony up, you know, two thousand dollars for a destination wedding vacation to Tahiti? Well, I was looking at blog posts and the comments. And I can still remember some of the posts from these brides, you know, who are frazzled, they're planning their wedding. And the comments were things like, no one understands you. Uh, Everyone wants a piece of me. Uh, I'm going crazy. I'm running in circles. So I was just saying, thank you very much and copying and pasting all of these comments into a text file. And then I wrote the email and it said, if you're getting married, you know, I understand what you're probably going through. Everyone wants a piece of you. You're running in circles. You're feeling frazzled. I get it, you know. And at that point, i uh, had their attention. So we sold over $30,000 of destination weddings to a, a rather small list actually it was just local chamber of commerce names, completely cold. It wasn't spam, but these people were kind of rented. They had no connection to the travel agency. But the women were calling and saying, "Yes, yes.
0: You get me. You understand
1: me." me. Yeah, <laughs> you get me. And it was really a 45-year-old man who got them, but I, you know, I wasn't going to tell
0: them, Which is always the most important thing. People need to feel understood and that, you know, Oh my gosh, you get me. This is where I belong. Now, now that, now that I feel that you get me, I'm totally open to what your solution is. And today, you know, versus 1994, you can't, you have all of this, you know, available to you on the web. I mean, there's forums, like you said, the blogs, the comments, the books, like reviews, it's just, it's all there. So you can become an expert in, you know, Mm -hmm. if, you're a 12-year-old middle schooler. You can become an expert at being one.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's you know, it's just a, simply a matter of research. That's the, the the cure to most marketing problems is research. People don't want to do it. They just want to pull something out of their head. Uh, some they want to swipe something and just replace a couple words. It just doesn't work. Right. Uh, you can find out on your own, or you can trust me. I spent 20 plus years, you know, finding out the hard way. But yeah, it's, it's research. And um, I remember going to the library you know, when I was working at this Marcom agency, walked down the street to the Minneapolis Library. Don't need to do that anymore. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about what you're doing today and, and who, you know, what your business is about and who you help.
1: So I have two businesses. Um, the, the longer uh, tenured one of, of the two is called Client Cloning Systems, and that's my copywriting shop. Um, it's just me. I have some people who help me with research, but my clients for copywriting are typically um, businesses in the two to twenty million dollar range. They often have an e-commerce website. They're often selling a service, but also retail products can work. And for those folks, um, I do probably a couple promotions a month. I try to limit uh, things because I want to do as much research as I can for folks and, and get to know their business. I'm pretty selective. I, I Most of my clients come from referral and I'm not cheap, but I'm not the most expensive copywriter either. So that's client cloning systems. The other business, which um, I have a new book out by the same name, is called Marketing Multipliers. And Marketing Multipliers is typically for, um, it, it's a monthly subscription box. It's also a book. But it's typically for businesses doing a quarter million up to two or even 20 million. But it's for smaller businesses, uh, one-man, one-woman bands, uh, entrepreneurs, people who run a real business. And for them, what I try to do every month is create a tool based on my skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can talk about some, you know, depending on how much time you want to go into. But typically what I told you earlier, the Amazon focus group, that's how to do, you know – um, hours worth of research in about 30 minutes. It's no substitute for long-term knowledge of your market and in real in-depth research where you're actually interviewing clients and, and buyers. But the Amazon Focus Group um, is an example of one of my tools. It helps you replace a lot of time-intensive and very expensive skills. It's, it's similar to, oh, lighting a fire. You could certainly spend you know 30 minutes with a bow stick and trying to heat up some sawdust, or you can strike a match. The the former is a pretty labor intensive skill and the, the latter is a tool. So I'm trying to create tools for people to replace skills. And that's what I do with marketing multipliers.
0: And I love I love the word multiplier. It always gets me excited because it's, you know, it's more exponential than it is, like you said, doubling something. So let's let's talk about. Let's definitely talk about some of those multipliers and, and give our listeners some some good takeaways.
1: So let me just look here. I've got um, – probably I've done two dozen of these things in the last couple of years. years. So every month I send out a, a, a box with uh, a different tool. One of the earlier ones I did that people really like is called the paper email, and that's uh, featured in my book. It's also um, featured on the welcome box that people can request from my website. The paper email happened about six, seven years ago. I was going to send an email to Seth Godin. Probably most people are familiar with Seth. I'd seen him speak. It was 2009. And it was at a j Abraham conference oddly enough, so those those two names run together again, yeah, and uh Seth gave some great information and i I wanted to send an email, thank you Seth, and I was about to hit the send button, and I realized, well, wait a minute, he's gonna get about two hundred emails today, and a lot of them will go to spam and he may even he may not even see this. I've spent you know ten minutes writing this this perfect email trying to convey all my gratitude blah 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 and I thought, no, I'm just gonna mail the thing and so i I copied it and pasted it into a Word document, made a few changes to it, but I printed it and mailed it to him. Now, it's not hard to find most people's address, and I found his. I did a bit of research. so I, And I changed the introduction. I said something like, um, I sent you this paper email to make absolutely positively sure I got through your spam filter. <laughs> and that was the, the one change I made to the email when I printed the thing. The rest of it was exactly what I was going to put in the email but didn't. So I printed this, signed it, mailed it. And about five, six days later, I was away from my phone, but I get back and there's a voicemail. And it was Seth. He had called me from his car. I could tell from the background noise, he said, "Hey, Kevin, this is Seth Godin. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for your super nice note. Uh, I just got it, and, and thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And that was his voicemail. I thought, Wow, that was interesting. I, you know, I kind of wish I had taken that call. I'd been around because yeah. I'd love to t- t- talk to Seth. <laughs> but the point is, hey, you know, he called me from his car. Now you know odds are about a million to one. He would not call me based on an email, so I thought that was interesting. I just got one of the busiest and most successful people in my industry to call me. And so what if I could make this happen again. And so I started sending these paper emails to people. I, it evolved. Uh, I also added a title at the top. It says paper email. Uh, strangely enough, it's actually a headline. And the introduction is typically, you know, why did I send you this paper email? Question uh, mark. Well, I wanted to make absolutely positively sure I got through your spam filter. And here's what this is about. And then the rest of it is just, you know, good, solid uh, sales letter copy. And I can tell you that, you know, it's 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 pretty much direct mail for busy people. If you think about it, everyone and anyone in their business sends emails out. But right. a lot of people are intimidated by direct mail. They think it's gotta have all this formulaic stuff, an intro and body copy and a closing and an offer and a call to action and a PS. It's kind of intimidating. So really this is direct mail for busy people, busy entrepreneurs. And I've used them myself. I've been called back by prospects who were ignoring my emails. I've gotten podcast interviews from people who were too busy to reply to my requests for interviews. I can tell you, Summer, if you didn't reply to my request about two weeks ago, right about now you'd be getting a paper email from me because I really wanted to be on your podcast. So you might have gotten one eventually. And uh, I, I've been called back by editors at magazines. I've, I've had articles placed. I've won big contracts in part because of the phone calls I had. So the thing, it works. And I describe how to do it in my book, uh, Marketing Multipliers. But you know, if you can send an email, it's not that much harder to print and mail the thing. It's just direct mail for busy people. One suggestion that I always make to folks is that you hand-address the envelope if you can, unless you're sending out a huge batch of these things. But you want to use a hand-addressed envelope and then a a live stamp, not in indicia or a a meter. And a commemorative stamp is best. And with those few tricks, you can get your letter open if you think about it. On a good day, uh, commercial email has an open rate of anywhere from like 15 to 25% right if it's yeah. 30% you're doing cartwheels well that's means you know 70% of people didn't get your email that to me that's not a huge moral victory by contrast if you send a a direct mail letter to people and they open it and if it's if it says summer felix and it's hand addressed you're going to open that it's about a 90 98% open rate so it's a completely different um success metric it's 3 times better typically and it's it's still so new that uh, no matter how many podcast interviews I do and people I tell this to, you know, whoever you're sending a paper email to has probably never received one before. And for them, it's going to be new. And even if it isn't, it still shows that you took some effort and you cared enough about this person to send them something on paper. So that's an example of a marketing multiplier. I call it the paper email. I
0: would absolutely agree with that. And I, I love that Because we've done that with, with the draw shop where we have, um, a certain it's direct mail and it's sent to, you know, the, the editor in chief of, you know, Forbes magazine or different, you know, places that we want to have a write up. And, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting how you get the, the response on that rather than just an email.
1: Exactly. It's. Um, I'm a big fan of tangible marketing. You can also call it analog marketing or meat space marketing, whatever you want to call it. But offline marketing, um, if you're a serious business, it deserves a place in your marketing toolkit. Any direct mail, tangible stuff. It's a completely different experience.
0: And there's so many different tools, obviously, to use that would be in your toolkit. What are some other multipliers that are different than other old school marketing ideas that maybe don't work anymore?
1: Well, um, this is this is kind of Latin is sui generis it's his own animal there's something I call the ideal client card I've had really good success with this so this is sort of an internal thinking tool but it helps you get more clients like your best clients we've all heard the idea for example of customer avatars yes where you yeah you have the you give it a name even you know it's Sally she's 37 she's married with two kids you have all this demographics and that's fine it has its place but what what I found is that, again, we're, we're back to tangible stuff here, right? What I like to do is create um, a three-by-five card, and I like to – everyone has their favorite clients. It, it's going to be three, it's going to be five, it's going to be 20. But what I always do every year, I take time and I make a card for each of my top five clients. And on the card, I put a lot of information. I'll just highlight the important parts. I put their picture, which is easy to get online. Then I put uh, their source. Where did I get them? Was it a referral? If so, was from whom? If it was networking or one of the mastermind groups I belong to, where was it? Then I put down their monthly uh, revenue. Most of my clients are on retainer. Then I put down their lifetime revenue, how much money have they paid me over their lifetime. It's typically a, a nice uh, five-figure number, sometimes approaching uh, six figures and more. And then I also put down uh, another category called upside, which means how much more stuff could I do for them? What are some needs that they're going to have coming up that I can help fill? So I have on my desk right now, I've got five of them. These are my five current ideal clients. So what I do every day is I pick up these cards and I just shuffle through them. And what I'm doing here is making um, real, live, tangible connections that just – you can't get them by looking at stuff on a screen. I don't know if you can hear my cards shuffling. I can, yeah. Right. I love it. <laughs> and so um, what happens when you start making physical contact with these cards is that it, your your hands uh, send a tremendous amount of information to your brain. Your hands are like um, – Some along with your eyes bring in. A huge disproportionate amount of information to your brain. So when you're touching something with your hands, it's really uh, connecting deeply to your brain. It's making a lot of connections. It's kind of taking over a large part of your thinking capacity. When I'm touching these cards and flipping through them, I'm making, you know, literal neural neuron- neural connections in my head. Uh, there's Jeff and here's, here's, here's Jeb and here's Jill. And, you know, what could I do that's similar to all three of these? And I'm Maybe I can introduce Jeb to Jeff, and, and they can do a deal together. So I'm making all these connections that I, I'm, I'm actively handling the information, and I can tell you, just by doing this every day, I find new needs and fill them for these clients. I get new referrals from these clients. I get new projects from these clients. In my book, I talk about how, you know, I was able to double my revenue to one client. It was an extra three grand a month. Because I realized I wasn't doing something for him that I should have been. So I was only after handling his card a couple of times that I realized, duh, uh, you know, this guy can use this service and he bought it. And then I got another retainer from a referral from one of these clients and I got a referral and a promise of a new project from another client. It all comes from handling these cards physically. Right. So, the, you know, the ideal client card is one of my favorite tools because it generates uh, revenue from within your own business. Everyone has ideal clients. And if you start making these cards and and physically handling them, you can sell more to these clients or you can get referrals from these clients. None of your competitors can see it because it's completely hidden. It's sitting on your desk. You don't even have to tell anybody about it. But this is an example of – you know, most of my best ideas are borrowed from other people. That's my favorite form of creativity. (laughs) I call it idea arbitrage. And so I got this idea from a book that anybody can read. It's called Smarter, Faster, Better. It's by Charles Dewey. He also wrote The uh, The Power of Habit. Yeah. And he was, the story in his book was about how elementary school teachers did this for their students. They made a, a card, a three by five card for every student. And they wrote down similar you know, key success indicators, key metrics. It wasn't about revenue, of course, but it was about test scores. And they were handling these kids' cards every day, updating the cards. And they were sitting together in the teacher's lounge. And these teachers started exchanging ideas And they started uh, making uh, new connections and insights. And I believe they tripled the test scores for their students. And the beautiful part of it was there was no additional outlay of money on technology. It was three by five cards. It was actually by reducing technology because they had been passively looking at dashboards for each of their students for quite a while. And the the gains were minimal. But by using three by five cards for the students – they were able to increase the number of students who met uh, state guidelines by 300%. So I thought that's pretty interesting. And so I ported it over to marketing and I've had good success with it. My members of my marketing multipliers club have had success with it and it's zero technology. It's so old school. All you need is three by five cards, some scotch tape and a pencil. And uh, it's one of my favorite ones.
0: This is so great. I love this. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Victoria LaBomb. She's a speaking coach and she, um, she's amazing and I'm working with her and she, that is how she helps you organize your talks with three by five cards. And so many people go, well, wouldn't you just put this in a PowerPoint and just move this here and move this there. And it's like, no, there's something about laying them out on the table or Mm -hmm. the floor or wherever and going, okay, this point is actually going to go over here and this is going to go over here. It's just, it's, it's, that tangible thing that you just go, okay, now I feel more confident. I I don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what it is, but, um, yeah, it's, that's interesting. And I love this whole idea of tangible marketing. This is so great. What are, what are some common marketing mistakes that you see a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners making?
1: I think, um, two come to mind really. One is no systems or daily rituals. Uh, most folks are just winging it. Every, they, they get up. The first thing they do is open up their email program. And as soon as you do that, you are in reactive mode. You're reacting to other people's uh, messages and requests. And as soon as you dive into email, you have abdicated responsibility. You have abdicated control. And you know good luck with the rest of your day. So what I like to do is be on offense. So one of my rituals is I don't look at email I don't answer anything until about 11 o'clock central time unless I'm expecting a reply to uh, a project proposal. But barring you know, a rare event like that, I don't even look at email till 10 or 11 most days. And I, I have checklists. I'm a big fan of checklists. There's a terrific book called The Checklist Manifesto uh, by Atul Gawande, I believe is his name. But so a checklist is. This is an upcoming marketing multipliers tool, by the way. I can tell you that it's going to be coming in a few months. Okay. If you get on, if you get into an airplane, uh, if you go to get heart surgery, the two things in common are that you know both of those highly trained professionals are using a checklist. They don't. That plane doesn't take off unless the pilot and the co-pilot go through a checklist. Heart surgeon has a checklist. If they, you know, if they started surgery with thirty-seven tools. By God, at the end, they better count thirty seven again or they're gonna have to open you up and go find what's missing. Right. So checklists are just a simple way to make sure you're doing the right things in the right order every time. So I have checklists for my daily activities and I you know, and I've got I, I got a box, for example, says email and there are two boxes. That means I can't check email more than twice. If I check it more than twice, I've screwed up. And I've got checklists for how many thank you notes I'm going to send. So it's 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 a way to be, uh, to stop trying to wing it every day if you think about it. It's, there's going to be a recipe for success no matter what your business is. And it's not that hard to find out what's working and just systematize the thing. People talk about systems and, and funnels and you need those. But again, we're back to something that's so low tech, it's no tech. A checklist on paper is going to keep you on track every day. And at the end of the day, you're going to know I did everything I needed to do today. I made three calls. Um, and I only checked email twice and, and you're using the same technology as a heart surgeon or or an airplane pilot. So it's, it's a big deal and it helps you to make sure you're doing the right things every day. And that's really, you know, one definition of success that I like is you're doing the right things consistently. And so checklists are a simple way to do that, a marketing checklist. I think, um, the other big mistake I see, and we've kind of talked around this topic is that, uh, people are trying to do everything online. Trying to do everything with email or social media and that's to me is just a big no-no Especially if you sell a service for example, which is an intangible You really need to get tangible with your marketing as soon as you can direct mail Of course is a terrific way to do this. But look, you know a phone call. is better than nothing Um, And a meeting is terrific. That's probably the best most effective way to sell is you know in person since you can't do in person Um, phone, direct mail. Those are kind of the next best things. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you can get tangible with your marketing, you're going to be ahead of the game. And if you can do nothing else, we talked about the paper email. Another dead simple way to get tangible with your marketing is a thank you note. And I can tell you, Summer, that you're going to get one from me in about 72 hours. Um, I send one to everybody who's kind enough to interview me. And it's one thing to send you a thank you email. But when you get that little square envelope from me, Um, the funny thing about thank you notes is they come in that square envelope. Only two things come in small square envelopes. Thank you notes and party invitations. That's it. Both, both are good news. So I'm, we talk about you know, behavioral economics. Uh, I'm going to engineer a smile on your face from 2,000 miles away in about 72 hours because when you get that square envelope, you're going to grin just a little bit. You can't help it. It's good news. You don't get a summons uh, from uh, the county about unpaid traffic tickets. You don't get a, 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 a letter from your ex-wife's attorney. You don't get anything from the IRS in a small square envelope. It's always good news. So a thank you note is one of the easiest, simplest, most effective ways to get tangible with your marketing and make everything else work better. So, um, in a sense of thank you, note know, it is one of the ultimate marketing multipliers.
0: And these are, these are some of the things that, you know, people have been doing for, for year or once upon a time did, and then just kind of let it go because everything mm-hmm. once, you know, there, there's the internet, there's, all these different apps and different programs, everybody's <laughs> automating everything. And, and now it's mm-hmm. this rare thing to go, oh, you just sent me a thank you <laughs> note.
1: <laughs> what is this thing? Yeah. And people, we all, I mean, most of us will keep the things. I have drawers of them all over the place in my office and at my house. Um, do you, tell me the last time you printed an email, it was the most wonderful thank you email and you printed it and put it in a drawer. Never.
0: Exactly. No one does that. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And half the time, you know, you're in the in the bathroom or you're walking the dog and you're reading it on your mobile phone. And then with a swipe of your thumb, it's gone forever. It's a three second interaction. It's like the ultimate transaction. You don't want that. There's a big movement, you know, called slow food or slow cooking. Well, I'm just coining this term off the top of my head, slow marketing. Right. Um, If you take some time and show people I took two minutes, I wrote you a thank you note. And you're going to take at least 30 seconds and read the thing. The nice thing about direct mail, Dan Kennedy coined this term, it's about um, selling in a competitive vacuum. If you're holding onto a letter and reading it for me, there's nothing to click. There's no other tab open in your browser that's going to distract you. You're not going to go check the sports scores or see what your, uh, your stocks are doing. You're just holding this letter. I have your complete attention for as long as the words are compelling. So if you can put an interesting message on paper and deliver it to people, you are um, selling in a competitive vacuum. That's a nice thing. I use FedEx all the time, by the way, because we spoke earlier about how um, direct mail done right has an open rate of ninety to ninety-five percent. Well, FedEx has a, an open rate of one hundred percent.
0: Right. <laughs> There's no
1: such thing as a FedEx letter that gets tossed unopened. Right. So I send them uh, a bunch. So I, and by the way, I don't own stock in FedEx. I'm not. Um, I'm not touting them because I used to work for them. But FedEx is unlike anything else, and so when I'm delivering a proposal to a prospect, I delivered to today. And I know when they're delivered because I get a notification uh, by email from FedEx. And so bam, I know that you've had time to read this. And, I, and I'll tell you one of my tricks here. I just sent the email. I have sent two of them this morning. The subject says, did you get it? And the, the email says, a FedEx letter was delivered to, a FedEx letter with your name on it was delivered at 1045. Did you get a chance to look at the project outline inside, question mark? Please let me know, dot, dot, dot. Thank you. So that thing gets sent about 45 minutes after the FedEx arrives. And that's an example of online and offline marketing synergy. One plus one equals three. Right. And I got an email about an hour ago from the woman that said, yes, I did. Let's talk. When can we talk? So we're after we hang up here, I'm talking to her in about 90 minutes. She's going to buy. So that's an example of how you can make your marketing Stronger It's by combining the online and offline components. And that's literally an example of synergy one plus one equals three At least that's been my experience.
0: And you just think about that You know, it's like it's this really strong call to action without really doing anything except mailing something and just looking at it Just the packaging itself that little square envelope Makes mm-hmm. you say your curiosity is so piqued. I have to know what's inside of this and when you're in that state of mind you're obviously going to be more, you know, tuned into what it's going to say and you're going to pay attention rather than, you know, some email that um, I mean, you've got to be really, really creative today to have, you know, to get that high open rate with your emails because people mm-hmm. are their mailboxes are inundated with with emails.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, the, the, the email I send after the FedEx And the subject says, did you get it? It's like, click. Oh, wait, I did get something ten minutes ago. I'm going to open this. So, you know, if you can be strategic about your email, uh, you can engineer some pretty good reactions if you know what you're doing. And it's not that hard.
0: So great. So how can people get involved and get their own tools, their marketing multipliers sent to them?
1: Well, uh, what you could do and should do, and I would be very happy if you did do, go over to www.marketingmultipliers.com. You can request a free trial box. You get 11 tools by U.S. mail, and you can do that for the princely sum of $1. If you like what you see, uh, you can stick with it, and then the monthly subscription is – it's only twenty nine ninety five. but it's a monthly tool in a box. I'm a big believer in direct mail, obviously. I also include for folks in the States here um, – uh, at least one food goodie every month. We, did, we We could talk 30 minutes about the obscene power of chocolate. I'll just say that it's usually <laughs> chocolate. And uh, if you want to thank I'm you. I'm already sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye, bye. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you notes are great but you know chocolate uh, you know that it's the same drug family as cocaine they are cousins so let's just leave it at that and yeah. so I send chocolate to people and boy people are happy to hear from me every month if for no other reason that they're getting a cool little chocolate gift but that's an example of how you know I'm combining sensory experiences with a tool every month in a box and some other articles and a copy critique certificate for me so that's what marketing multipliers is about it's it's, it's it's a lot of fun and I'm forced to come up with Good ideas uh, every month, and so the ne- necessity really is the mother of invention, <clears throat> and that's how I do it for folks. Now, if people um, mention your name and they say that they heard, uh, found out about uh, marking multipliers from the uh, Get Genius podcast, I will also mail out a copy of my new book, Marketing Multipliers. You don't have to buy it at Amazon for $14.95. I'll send you a free copy. You just have to reply to your email notification and say, I heard you on the Get Genius podcast, and uh, my assistant will mail you a brand spanking new copy of my latest book for free. That's just an extra uh, to thank folks who are your podcast listeners for giving it a try. That's at www.marketingmultipliers.com.
0: That is so generous and fantastic. Thank you so much for that you're
1: and, very
0: welcome. Um, I, I just think it's so fabulous that you're doing, you're implementing your very own tools in, in what you do. And I know there's a lot of marketing companies out there and, um, it's funny because they'll, they'll, they'll do marketing for their clients. And yet when it comes to marketing their own brand, <laughs> <laughs> what is your brand exactly? You know, yeah, exactly. So, so it's just so awesome, you know, that you're you're actually doing it and you're, you're, you're walking the, walking the talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would never, you know, I, I come from a long uh, line of, I've been experimenting on people since I was a kid. I have two younger brothers, so they were my lab rats. We used to do just uh, indescribably awful things to each other growing up. And so that's where I got the idea that experimentation is the way that you progress and you get smarter. And so, before any tool goes out to the real world, I've experimented on myself. I've used it in my own business, and uh, I I don't release anything to the world that's not proven in some sense. So yeah, I'm a big believer in um, just uh, doing what I teach, and uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoy helping other folks.
0: Well, it's very much appreciated, and I'm we've gotten so many great marketing multiplier tools just in this interview. So I, I hope that everybody signs up and at least gets that free trial. I know I'm going to do that as soon as I get uh, <laughs> off this interview with you. Um, well, thank you, Summer. We'll make sure to have all of all of the links um, to everything that you've mentioned in our show notes and on the blog post. And um, Kevin, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for for sharing all this with us.
1: My pleasure. hope to do it again sometime. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.